Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. The one with the pharmaceutical who teacher who turns into a drug baron. Breaking Bad. Breaking yeah, Bad. I also watched a couple of episodes of Breaking Bad and it just wasn't for me. And everyone says, oh, it's like the best thing ever. I think it's because it takes a while to get into it. I, was, I, had the, I had all four seasons, so I could just sit there and actually watch them rather than have to wait a week. If you have to wait a week, it's not so great. But yeah. no? To, especially as, as a second, the second season onwards, it gets pretty crazy. I, I, that's what I heard, but I never made it to the second season. Don't you think it gets a bit too crazy? Like all of a sudden he's, you know, one day he's a normal guy washing a car. And well, don't next, ruin it for me. No, 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 I won't worry. <laughs> but the next he's sort of blowing thing, he's yeah, blowing that's up the bar trees and all. That's the point. Like he's a normal dude and then like suddenly like he actually is really smart. And then, you know. Huh. It makes them I mean, do the worse and worse shuts things. Me up. The interesting thing about Breaking Bad is that uh, if there's actually a universal health care in the United States, uh, it, one never episode, happens, it would yeah. never happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, very you got true. cancer, let's start treatment. Thank you. Yeah. That's actually the number one reason why they don't have it. It's to make really interesting <laughs> TV plots. <laughs> to have some drug dealers. <laughs> it it in creates the income for the country anyways. Anyway, that's enough of that. Welcome back, dear listener, to the One Football Podcast with me, Ian McCourt. And welcome back to you, Daniel Lidroff. Hi. It's been so long. It's been very long. I'm very happy to be here. Nick McKenna-Klein is also back. Hello. As happy as Danny to be here? Of course I am. Well, I'm always happy to be here. That's good to hear. And welcome back for the first time. It's One Football's Helga Waltman. <laughs> Hello, how's it going? Did I get that right? Yes. Oh, good. More or less. I was a little bit nervous about that. <laughs> uh, so such a pleasure to be back in the confines of producer Demo Studio. Has everybody had a nice summer? Been a bit wet, hasn't it, here in Berlin? Not real but summer the, weather. The weather has been terrible, and it's ruined everything. <laughs> I've had the worst summer ever. I basically spent the summer tweeting about how terrible the weather is. Do you remember that rainstorm you tweeted about when you were standing at Schönhauser Alley? Yes. Yeah, that was fun. Were you in the middle of it? <laughs> I was indeed. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I'm kind of imagining you now soaking wet t-shirt, muscles rippling through. Yeah, a white t-shirt as well, wasn't it? Oh, lovely. <laughs> very, very nice. <laughs> Anyway, there's only one place where we can start today, and that is the biggest transfer of all time. It's done, it's dusted. Neymar is a PSG player, and I don't know about you guys, but I think I'm still in shock about it all. How about you, Nick? Have you, have you come to terms with it just yet? It was the strangest of transfers, just because of the way it kind of panned out. It was, what was it? Wednesday was the first news that he might be, might be moving, and then all of a sudden his lawyer popped up in Madrid at the La Liga headquarters and was turned away. And then popped up a couple of hours later in Barcelona and handed over the check for, you still got, got to kind of understand the fact that it's 222 million euros for a player. And then the club accepted. And it was just the weirdest thing of how this whole panned out, especially as it's essentially the player paying his own release clause as opposed to a club paying it. La Liga doing what they're not allowed to do either. They're not allowed to block a trade. They're, 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 there is an intermediary. They're only supposed to take the money and pass it on. It was just the weirdest of situations. And when he finally signed, was it Thursday night and then was was presented on Friday, Friday mid-afternoon, it kind of, it been a 48 hours roller coaster ride. And I still can't believe the amount of money that's been spent on a football player. I was going through this when I was at work on, on Thursday, I did a studio talk on 50W, what you can get for 222 million euros. Who wants to have 92 Bugattis? Or would like to have 6,000 kilos worth of gold, of gold bars? The it's, thing is, the, the PSG owners already have all this stuff. They just want yeah, their name Yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. And the scary thing is that because of this this transfer, we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna completely destroy the transfer market as we know it. And that's something which I'm worried about. What what we're gonna pay? I mean, Antonio Rudiger this summer just a he was 40 million euros who went to, he went to Chelsea for. Who, Rudiger's not worth 40 million euros. Uh, he's probably worth like what 12. 
Well, that, yeah, that's, and that's the funny thing is that the inflation of Neymar's value, in a way, he comes off as kind of reasonable priced compared to some of the other players we've seen move this summer, I think. Kyle Walker, we're looking at you. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's crazy. Okay, I, I want to know, because this is a question I've been sort of grappling with o- over, the next, over the last few days, is why would he move? Why join PSG? I, I don't get it. It's for, for, for loads of reasons, not least the fact that it's the least competitive major, major league in Europe. He, gets to, he has to play with inferior players. I, I don't understand so, it. So uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I, I've actually I've watched Neymar for a very long time. I saw him make his debut for Santos. I, there was a point where I was watching basically every game at Santos, and he developed to to a level where he was such a dominant figure. He dominated the ball. He dribbled all over the place. He he was the guy, and you see it occasionally for Brazil. And I think he genuinely. I think the driving factor behind this move is he genuinely misses that feeling of, 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 of being the dude, of playing with complete freedom, uh, complete joy. And I, I think, I mean, it's fairly obvious from, from all the reporting, he was never going to get that at Barca. And obviously the, the money's a factor as well. How could it not be? But I really think he wanted to rediscover this, the, this feeling of being that main dude uh, that he had for early in his career. There's two things. When when Barcelona beat Paris Saint Germain, the, was it the last sixteen of the Champions League? What was the picture which went around the world? It was Messi. It was Messi standing mm-hmm. in front of the fans. Messi did nothing in that game. It was Neymar's three and a half minutes of madness, madness, yeah. which yeah. got uh, got Barcelona through to the quarterfinals. And the fact that he worked his ass off in that game and didn't really get any recognition for it, it was it was Messi who all of a sudden was the the face of this victory. That's the first thing. So it's a team he, sport, though. It is a team sport, but I mean, the fact is, he deserved the recognition for what he'd done. I mean, it was two goals and it was an assist. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're only humans. We want to feel, yeah, I think we want to feel the recognition and we want to uh, feel, you know, sort of personal glory even within the confines of, of team sport. Yeah. And actually, the thing is as well that these players, they get trained to be like that. Like from the first, like when they start out, like I don't know, when they are 10, 11, when they start in the youth teams of the clubs. They are the ones who have to show that they're the best in the team. It's not about like, yeah, you're like a very nice team player and you're helping your your like colleagues succeed. No, it's you have to be the best to get to the next year, to get to the next round, to at some point get the pro contract that you that you want, and then like you really have to show this all along. And I think so, it's so you buy into the idea that he wants to step out of Messi's shadow and become the the best player at a team or a club. Uh, as well, a little bit, yeah. There's a second factor. Go on, Brazilian players don't necessarily just want to win the Champions League or league titles. They want to become World Player of the Year. For some reason, for Brazilian, the Ballon d'Or is uh, is a title which means nothing to, doesn't really mean anything to us, yeah. but you're, you're not a successful Brazilian player until you're on the same level as Ronaldo, the old Ronaldo, and Ronaldinho, Rivaldo. And when you start winning these titles, that you actually have, you are the best player in the eyes of the Brazilian nation. And that's something else which you want to achieve. And he couldn't do that. He couldn't have done that behind Messi. Just surely the greater challenge is to stay and try get to Messi's level. But I think a couple of things. First of all, he knows, and we know, and everyone knows, that, that he will never be as good as Messi. Never, ever, ever in a million years. So he'll never get to that level. And I think he, he, he thinks about it a little differently. I, I don't think it's just Messi. Uh, I think Barcelona are a club where they're always going to be top, top players and you're always going to be sort of sharing the spotlight and he will have seen 
the situation that, that, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic came into at PSG, where for four years he, was, he w- wasn't just the whole of PSG, he was the whole of France. Uh, and the, the, the goal-scoring numbers he put up and the, uh, the recognition he achieved even at an older age. Uh, and I think Neymar will have thought, well, yeah, I, I'm, I, I can do even better than that. He also got his own verb. He did, yeah. 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 Maybe Neymar wants his own verb. To Neymar. I like it. To Neymar. The wages are fairly astronomical. 515,000 a week. This is pounds. 73,517 a day. 3,056 an hour. 51 a minute and 85p a second. I mean, the the sort of, yeah. The the, the argument that most people put up when these numbers come through are like, well, you know, if a rival podcast or a rival company offered you to, you know, double your wages or triple your wages, whatever, you would definitely go. My counter argument to this is that football is not, or at least shouldn't be just about doubling your wages. There's an emotion and a a sort of almost a spiritual connection to a club or a team that that is not necessarily there when you're moving from one office to another. So yes and no. I think uh, for, it depends on the player. For some players, uh, I, you get the sense they really don't care, and there isn't much of a spiritual connection. I don't. I don't have that sense with Neymar. Um, the other thing is, it, it's uh, money. Money is a factor, and I think it's a big one. But if it if it meant everything, he would just go go to China and get paid literally twice as much as as PSG are even offering him. Uh, so I think it's all in balance. I think. Um, PSG knew they were going to have to to make him the world's best player in order to to attract him. You know, that was uh, not even a, a starter. And actually, I disagree a little bit as well because most players actually go where the most of money is. Even if you look at Messi, where like this connection to Barcelona is apparently there, he has threatened like a lot of times to basically move somewhere else to get a higher contract. Like he has, like I think, basically renewed his contract every year since he like became like really the best player there, and. I don't see it as like players, most players actually, like if they get the chance to earn more money somewhere else, they actually leave or they renew but, the contract. But not always, because then everyone would be playing in Saudi Arabia or China or Of Qatar course, and there has it's to be competition. A, there's a balance. Yeah. It's, I think it's a factor. It's a big factor. We're all, like I said, we're all human beings. I think everyone wants to be paid more. Uh, but it's it, it's it's not the only factor. And I think no, that's the case The league that's has to be competitive, well. but even, like, yeah, you would... See players in now Neymar. He's going to a league that, or like a team that is still competitive in the Champions League. He's going to win a lot of championships in the in, in France. But in the end, it's about it's about the money they can earn there, or like the recognition, like the two things we have been talking about. He's, yes. he's earning as much as Ronaldo is a week. That's he's on the same. He's earning the same amounts as Ronaldo. Not quite as much as Carlos Tevez. <laughs> uh, what does this mean for PSG now? Are they going to challenge for the Champions League? So here's the great irony. I think they're not even in the top three, maybe four teams in Europe. Still. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And yeah. and and the the thing the thing I, th- I honestly think they would they would have been better off spending the money. There's an argument on uh, maybe two or three players because the the truth is, and there's a ton of research into this. Football is a weak link sport, so you're basically as good as as. Uh, your bottom tier of of starting players, and there's there's a ton of evidence to support this. So bringing in one exceptional talent, uh, when they do have quite a few good attacking players, isn't necessarily going to make them that that much better that they can all of a sudden uh, win the Champions League. Should have spent more on the defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the PSG are not going to be more competitive at all. I, I agree with you there. I don't. They might, if they're lucky, if other teams who are better don't happen to have a good streak, and they might make it to the semi-finals, maybe. But I don't see them winning right. anything of 
worth. For the I mean, they'll win, they'll win the league because Monaco have been yeah, destroyed, yeah, yeah. and nobody else is strong enough to challenge in Liga. But and, yeah. but that's 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 a different kettle of fish. I mean, the interesting thing for Paris Saint Germain, just one thing, is uh, the reason one of the reasons why they spent this much money is marketing. Because Neymar mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. 25, he's pretty active on social media. When he was in Dubai, because what happened was he was flying from I think it was Shanghai via Dubai to mm-hmm. Barcelona, and when he was at Dubai for three hours, he posted 19 Instagram stories while he was there, and so he's accessible to millennials. So you sound he, like a man who follows him on Instagram, Nick. I had to fo- I, I, well, <laughs> for work, for work, for work. Well, there was reports. It was funny because there was reports when he was in Dubai that he was actually in Doha and he was flying to was, Paris. And I checked his Instagram just to see what he was doing, and he, he posted a picture of himself on a plane with a Spanish flag, so he knew to, he was going to, to, to Spain. Barcelona. Did you uh, one thing on the marketing? So did you guys see the the PSG away shirt? Did you see this whole thing? It's it's yellow. And this was released, I don't know, months ago. Yeah. And it's designed specifically inspired by Brazil. And uh, obviously they had a couple of Brazilian players, but it really gets you thinking if they knew and Nike and everyone had this idea ahead of time that, that and you've seen in, in the streets of Paris, everyone's buying that yellow Neymar shirt. That well, when all the people were queuing up to buy yeah, it, they, they all, all, all got the, the yellow, yellow one. Shirt. I noticed that too. And yeah. it's not like these things are just designed, you know, a, a day or two in advance. These things are planned out over a long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd be suspicious. I would like to talk a bit about Barcelona too, because this is a club very keen to cultivate its image and, you know, works very hard on it. And all of a sudden they've got a black eye, a real black eye, because they've just let their, arguably their best player last season go. I think that they're actually a bit of a mess at the moment. And I think they have been for for a couple of years. The 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 most striking thing for me is that they, you get the sense they never saw it coming. Which is amazing that a club with with mm. these kind of resources yeah. and uh, you know all the, all these top people, uh, especially when he, it's it, you know he had flirted with other clubs in the past. I mean, it's not like it including came, PSG, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. like it came completely out of the blue, and they were just blindsided by the whole thing. Mm. And it seems like they have no real plan for how to replace him, for how to how, how to build the squad back up. They they certainly didn't have any sort of PR plan. I think they come out of this looking pretty. Pretty well, terrible. It's funny you mentioned that the backlash has started. I was reading yeah. Sport last, yeah, it's, last yeah. night, and they were they had a couple of mean things to say about this this terrible Neymar dude. Um, who are we expecting to replace him? A lot of talk. I think there's only one answer to this. Of course, this there again. is on. <laughs> it's not not this quiz type thing that we did before. But I, I think so. There's they have two hundred twenty two million. They ruined it. The amount of money. I mean, the famous example is the Figo one, where they got all that money and then spent it on a load of rubbish players and didn't replace him properly. To me, there's only one player they can get right now to replace uh, Neymar, and that's Mbappe. Really? His youth, the fact that he can play across all front three positions, and the the prospect and the the hype and everything that he brings. To me, that's the only player that I'm, can do it. I'm, I'm not sure he's ready yet. As in for that, I think he needs. The problem is, he would. I think he would have stayed in, in Monaco if all his teammates hadn't been sold. So I can see him moving on at some point in the next couple of weeks. But I think it's too early for him to go to a club like Barcelona. What I was thinking was Felipe Coutinho, because ah. Liverpool have bought Salah, who can play in the same position, and that, this is, this gives Liverpool the chance to sell him for a ridiculous amount of money. One hundred twenty million. They there, were there we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. And uh, I mean, he'd fit in relatively well at Barcelona, I think. Helga, who yeah, would you go for? To me, it is Dembele. We have been talking about it in the office, actually. Oh, yeah, we have, yeah. Um, like, That's his money, Dembele. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, he's from Dortmund. Um, like, he has like, kind of like, similar like skills than Neymar. Like, he's, of course, younger. Like He's not as developed yet, but he's like strong in dribbling. He has like um, shown at Dortmund that he can compete at a high level. Uh, Dortmund is definitely not going to reject a really high offer. The 
question is like he's probably going to be cheaper than Mbappe. Maybe like a like a hundred. They said is not enough, but like it's 120 maybe now. But like they definitely would sell him at a, at a certain price. Like it's it's amazing like the numbers we're talking about. But they're going to sell him like at a certain price. Yeah, we here are especially me and Danny are big fans of Dembele and his two-footed approach to football. Yeah, I would probably also, if I had a choice, probably go with Dembele. I think the. I th- I think there's something interesting about Mbappe. I'm I'm I don't know if this is going to be a popular opinion. I'm not quite convinced he's as good as we all think he's going to be. And his I think his price right now is is going to be super inflated. Whereas someone like Usman Dembele, a little less, uh, and potentially a better. Definitely, right now, I think a, a more complete player. Well, he's shown it over a longer time. Yeah, slightly. Yeah. Okay. Dembele's still young, though. I mean, he, yeah, he was, if it was this season was his first season in the Bundesliga. Was it his second? No, first. first, season, first season. I mean, he's he's still a raw he's gem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, he needs more practice in a different league, not a, a big club. Yeah, sure. Same thing. Okay. Well, that's enough for that. Let's take a quick musical sting, and we'll come back and we'll bug out about Bayern and the Premier League. Now, Barcelona are not the only big club to endure a rather miserable summer. It has not been going good for Bayern either, beaten by Arsenal, hammered by the two Milan clubs, just about held off Chelsea and then hammered by Liverpool, a defeat which Mats Hummels describes as the worst game that he has ever experienced at Bayern. What's gone wrong there, Helga? Uh, or has it gone wrong? <laughs> Maybe am I over-egging the pudding a little bit? Uh, no, of course. Like it has been. Like if you don't win at Bayern, you are like one game. Maybe is fine, but if it's two in a row, you're already like in a deep crisis mode. Um, <laughs> but, I, love, I love Bayern crisis yeah. mode. Two defeats, right? <laughs> yeah, no. But um, to me, it's actually not as worrying as it has been made out because they have been on this Asia trip for twelve days. They had four games in twelve days. They had they've been playing in two different countries. No training, basically just flying to the next game. So I wouldn't put too much effort on it, or like too much like of a, of a like emphasis. weight on emphasis on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the same thing when they came back, they played Liverpool, and they were just coming back from from Asia, basically. Um, plus, like I would say, there is some telling things, like that Manuel Neuer is missing, for example. Because um, they have shown, for example, like against Liverpool, and as well, for example, if you remember the first goal in the Super Cup, uh, where Pulisic was like basically press- uh, putting a high pressure on them and then getting the ball, like they have shown that they're very, uh, very vulnerable for that. One reason I would say is that Manuel Neuer is missing right now because Ulreich or like Starke, they are definitely not on the same level when it comes to like um, like short passing and and right. and getting out of these pressure and that link, situations. That link between the keeper and the defense is obviously so important, and the lads would have been so used to having Neuer yes. working as his sweeper keeper role. Yeah. yeah, and the second thing is for me where this problem comes into play is that they have switched very clearly to a four-four-two uh, defense. Where it helps them because it's very stable and like the the symmetry is there, but when you have these high pressure situations, you want to have like triangles and like diamond uh, formations with the players so you can get out of it mm-hmm. and don't have to play the high ball. And that's the thing where I think um, that they're a little like vulnerable on that right now because. Diamonds and triangles. That's the first time we've ever got that deep <laughs> in this podcast. I'm impressed. You'll be asked back. Um, I wanted to ask you too about James Rodriguez. It's obviously a done deal for quite a bit now, but 
It's an odd one. It's an odd one, and it also is, it shows that Bayern, in my eyes, can't are in like a, the second division of the transfer market. They can't deal with the big players. Well, they said they want to be in the second division, didn't they? Who was it that came out and said, "Hey, we're not going to spend a huge amount of money on transfers"? Was it Rummenigge? Like, probably. I think it was Hunes, but he oh, said, it as, but he said as well that they're going to get like some really good players at the beginning of the transfer market, right? Or like at the like transfer like negotiations, and then they realized they just won't. But they, he said this, uh, we're not going to spend big on players about two hours after they spent 40 mi- odd million on Toulouse. Exactly, that's the thing. And so they spent 40 odd million on Toulouse and they, they, they plan to spend 40 odd million on James if he stays. I mean, it's, it's a good bit of business because if, if he's good over the two seasons, they keep him. If he's not, then he goes. It's, I mean, that, it, 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 sound, it makes sound sense. But I don't see thinking, considering Bayern is, in my eyes, supposed to be one of the top four teams in Europe. Mm-hmm. that they can't get the really big players. I mean, there's never talk of Ronaldo coming to Munich or there's never talk of Messi maybe leaving. Tax uh, laws, wouldn't, he wouldn't fit in. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, at Bayern they have a bit of a history too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it, Bayern to me, it's, it's, losing its, it's losing its shine. The team's losing its shine. It's just no That's longer one of the top teams. Helga, is it losing its shine? Uh, the thing is, they have never been a club to actually follow this of like paying that much. Like before it was Martinez, like 40 million, the top transfer. Um, before, like there was I think like Martinez was their top transfer. Yeah, well, Tulisa's now the top yeah. Right? But before yeah, it was yeah. Martinez, and then okay. it was like Götze with like thirty-five million on a buyout clause. That didn't quite work out. Not yeah. just Sanchez, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he was at, at thirty-eight, I think. But yeah. they yeah. they've never gone like really crazy with that. Um, and I think they're profiting. You could argue that Sanchez for thirty-eight million as an eighteen-year-old un, uh, untested is a pretty bit of a gamble. And, and you, yeah. you're right. I mean, usually buying a very stable when it comes to transfers, but. It, I don't know. It's just missing. It's they're missing some sort of kick. Where do we see? Where do we see Hamas fitting into the squad? Who's gonna Who's gonna lose out here? Or is anybody gonna lose out? There was talk of Thomas Muller losing out. Yeah, he's not right now. Yeah, I think if his, <laughs> if his form is anything like last season, then yeah, you can see it. So if you ignore so, ignore the Super Cup, yeah, and then he, yeah, I mean, he didn't look too happy to be taken off of the Super Cup either. But yeah, well, the thing, thing is. The question is like, okay, who's who's gonna be fit? Like, if it's Ribery and Robin being fit, like they're gonna be playing on the on the wings, but they probably won't be all for the whole of the season. Um, they still have Thiago, who has not been like mm. out there that much so far, but he can play further behind in like a like a like defensive midfield position as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then it's, it comes down to Müller or James. They might be able to play together because James has started out on a wing. So, like, if Ribéry is out, for example, like, Hamas could move over there. I tend to think Hamas plays his best through the middle, though. But I could be, I mean... Yeah, he, the wrong. truth is he hasn't played regular club football enough for us to, for us to, to really know recently. Play, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything worth talking about after the Super Cup? Well, they, they have improved. Definitely, they, were, they have... That's the thing as well, like, we're, we're, like, seeing this Asia thing and finally, like, they, they're working it out. Um, Dortmund has improved as well because they had a fairly bad preseason as well um, with a new coach. Um, then, so yeah, I think for Bayern it's just a matter of, of having this time to train, having the the, uh, the squad coming back, all the all the players. Neuer is probably going to start in the Bundesliga as, as well. They have a really easy game on on the next weekend against Chemnitz in the third league mm-hmm. team who has gotten four points out of the first four games like it's really not okay. a big big challenge um, and so yeah they, they have two more weeks to go and I think and who's their opening fixture in the Bundesliga? Uh, Leverkusen yeah Leverkusen yeah. that should be interesting and then they're playing against Werder Bremen who they have beaten hard the last like mm-hmm. ten years basically like hey, five hey, to ten hey, years hey, ten years 
And we have yeah. a couple of Vela Bremen fans yeah. in here. Right here as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's been like, I don't know, last year part, but like before that they had like an average of, I think, five or six goals against Vela. You know, this okay. is, yeah, this is going to be like a pretty easy start. A <laughs> Probably, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to all things English. Danny, this weekend saw the Community Shield. Yeah, it happened. Did you watch it? I did watch it. What yes. did you make of it? Uh, well, by far the most exciting thing was the uh, the ABBA. Oh, the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm it confused me a little bit. I'm a big fan of the ABBA. Well, the thing is, you actually know it, it does. I, I don't know why people hate on it so much. It makes a ton of sense because the, the regular ABAB format, mm-hmm. 60% of the teams that go first win. Which is, it's like a crazy swing based on just a flip of a coin. Right. And, yeah, and penalties are already enough of a lottery anyways. So I'm a big fan of ABBA, but... Can you explain, uh, can you explain a bit how ABBA works? So it's sort of so, so basically what happens is, in normal penalties that we've always seen, the, the, the first team shoots first, the second mm-hmm. team shoots second, yeah. and then the first team shoots again, the yeah, second yeah, yeah. team shoots again. So it rotates. The, the thing is that puts a lot of psychological pressure on the team that's shooting second. Uh, because obviously they're, they're in lots of situations where they have to score to, to stay in. And mm-hmm. what that does is it tilts it in favor of the, the team that shoot, shoots first. So ABBA, not the band, yeah. is supposed to make this more... <laughs> I like the band. Uh, more equal, I prefer the penalties. More equal <laughs> um, by, by, by alternating the order. So uh, one team shoots first, the second team shoots second, and then that second team shoots again. And then the, the team that shot first shoots second in the second penalty. Okay. And it keeps alternating like that so that there's, there's more or less an equal advantage uh, in terms of which team is shooting first and which team isn't. Has Courtois' panel penalty landed yet? I, I think uh, NASA had a, a rover that had <laughs> spotted it somewhere out there. I liked it. Yeah, I liked uh, how we it. It was for great. It. Yeah. Anything worth talking about from it? It was no, a, bit I think a sloppy it, it game. Looked, yeah, it looked, really? it looked like a typical sort of preseason game. I think both clubs missing lots of players. Um, neither neither team looked particularly sharp. Um, I liked uh, Kolasinac a lot Ooh, yeah. when, he, when he came on. My God, I, I did think, I feel uh, inadequate? Yeah, no, I think... Um, dude is huge. He's a big dude. <laughs> And like huge. I think honestly, if Arsenal had a few more players of his, like, build and overall Germanness, they, they would they they would they they would really stand a, a chance in the Premier League. He, yeah. he looked very. I actually feel like like Wenger has realized that because he brought in Shaka as well, who's kind of like yeah, he's a bit bigger as well. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. and like in his tackling, so he sometimes goes over the tackle. over the top, but yeah. like he's really aggressive there as well. The the other player I was impressed with for Arsenal, I I always am is Oxlade Chamberlain. I like Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah, never yeah. seems to to be able to really nail down a starting spot, but I I, I love how he plays. All in all, not really a huge amount to get too excited about there. No, I think too many players missing. Um, it, the fact that Courtois took what was it the, the second or the third penalty, <laughs> I think illustrates pretty clearly that they weren't taking it super serious. Yeah, uh, of course. Come the Community Shield, come the first day of the Premier League, which kicks off on Friday night with Arsenal v Leicester. They've kept Ozil, Danny. They've kept Sanchez. They've got Lacazette. Are Arsenal title contenders? Uh, no. Because, oh. <laughs> because, that because they're, they're Arsenal. Um, I, I think... I, no, I think... There, there's, I, Arsenal I, I don't Arsenal. mean to... I don't, I, don't, I don't mean that super critically, but it's... it's you, you can see exactly the pattern. They have... It's the same every... I don't even know why we discuss it, to be honest. It's the same every year. Okay. They, they have some great attacking players. They're yeah. going to do some nice, pretty triangles. Uh, they're, they're 
a little weak at the back and 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 I think psychologically and that's going to be their undoing. I want to know who you think is going to win it then. Uh, so I'm going to put myself out there. I think Manchester United are going to win. I did this last season and it came back to haunt me. Yeah, well, you you asked me, so I didn't have a choice. Of, okay. Yeah. Um, I I think the the spine of the team is really strong. Uh, mm. The best goalkeeper in the Premier League. I think they have some potentially really terrific defenders. I think Chelsea are going to regret selling Matic to, to to Man United, and what they're going to do is it's it's going to be very typical Mourinho, not glamorous. They're going to sort of control the game uh, with the ball, without the ball, and it's just a matter of turning the. The, the draws into into wins mm. and I think Lukaku and Pogba further forward um, I, I just think they're the sort of strongest if least glamorous of, of the top teams in a way Helga who would you go for? Pff, it's really tough like, <laughs> I'm, I haven't seen the preseason that much of, of the English clubs as well I don't know like the typical candidates I guess Manchester City might be a candidate as well like when you go for Guardiola you finally was able to spend the money he wanted again like mm. for defenders now like we'll see I don't know. Nick I agree with United actually because buying, buying Matic was I think the key to mm. what was missing in that club it's another player who actually works hard in the middle and will and that's what's been missing at the club for a long long time and I think that's going to make the difference this season do you want to know who I went for I don't know why I, it was so stupid of me we did like some predictions I went for Tottenham Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw you know they're playing at Wembley this season, right? They never win. Well, I, see, I wrote the prediction before, and then I remembered, or somebody reminded me that they're playing at Tottenham. I didn't feel like changing it afterwards, so I'm sticking with Tottenham. Good for you. Yeah. Well, if Man United are going to come up smelling of roses, who is going to come up smelling of Rafaelicia or Naldi? Yeah, you've gone way over my head with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume it means... My flower joke? <laughs> well, it's the, you know, it's that rotting corpse flower oh. it smells oh, like is, a rotting corpse yeah it smells like a rotting corpse it's found in the rainforests of Sumatra and possibly Borneo has anyone ever given one to you no and I hope yeah. you don't not if it smells like a rotting corpse <laughs> <laughs> well this is all very laboured who's going to fall flat on their face uh, for me I, th I, I think the, the big disappointment is going to be Everton actually because I think mm. they finished 7th last year they've spent a ton of money I honestly don't know where literally else. a ton of money yeah mm. ton of money um and on they're gambling on the fact that they can break into the top six, but you look at their squad, and even with all the players, they're just nowhere near the top six teams. So there's only for me, there's only one direction they can go, and that's that's down. I went for Man City for this one. I think it's there's a lot of money spent on a couple of average, yeah. untested in the Premier League players. Um, it takes a while to learn Guardiola's methods and all the tactics and everything that goes with it. I'm not, I'm not sure no, is what I would say Man City as well just because I mean falling flat on their face is not qualifying for the Champions League or having to go through the qualifiers I mean that's, yeah. that's considering the team they have and that's if they finish anywhere out of the top three and that's where I see them landing just because you, you went against me I'm just going to go for Tottenham then oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay we have a quick question from long time listener Kevin Fingleton uh, if you could choose one outcome in any European competition this season what would it be E.g. Dortmund win the Bundesliga, PSG go down. That's a good suggestion. <laughs> like Arsenal win the Premier League, Napoli win Serie A, John Terry skies a penalty in the playoff final and bursts into tears. <laughs> uh, if you could give me a one sentence quick answer. Werder Bremen qualify for the Champions League. Uh, Leipzig, Hoffenheim and Wolfsburg being, being relegated. Oh, 
<laughs> wow. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> oh, just, just to completely piss you guys off, Leipzig winning the Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with PSG getting relegated. That would be... I, I think I would quite enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, it would say them right. Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks as ever to Danny, Nick, Helga and producer Daniel. We are back for the season and while we won't stray too far from our inane chat and shallow analysis, we will be coming at you on Mondays from now on. Thanks for listening to this one and be sure to get over to iTunes, SoundCloud or your preferred mode of listening and let us know what you think of the podcast. Hello.